everyone. Welcome back to American Snippets. This is Op-Ed Friday. I'm joined here with uh, my partner in crime, Barbara Allen, and our good friend and colleague, Anthony Russo from Be The Change USA. Anthony, welcome to the show. What up? How's it going? I like she gave you a dirty look when you said partner in crime. It's like, I don't commit no crimes. None that we speak of anyway. Although I guess that depends on who you ask because plenty of people would give you a long list of my offenses, but that is another topic for another. Platform. It's not, a, it's not offenses. It's they're saying that you're offensive. It's very, very different. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is true. <laughs> so yeah. so okay. good Dave, morning. I- we are here for another op-ed Friday. If you just caught a little bit of our conversation before we switched over, we were talking about, you know, we try to stay positive. We try to do all this, but we are actually, we are positive. We are positive that we are American intellectual thought and independent thought is in decline. That's what we're positive of. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so um, and I guess the hot topic is, is the shooting of the 16 year old girl who is actively trying to murder another person in front of a law enforcement officer and lost her life in the process. And the uproar from that. But she was a 16-year-old girl, Barb. I mean, it was so sad. She was a young child, and she was an honor roll student back when she was, you know, eight years old. Yeah, Anthony, that's where I'd like to, you know, kick it off, because it it just seems like whenever these instances happen, these events happen, Mm -hmm. like there is such a rush to judgment. And the media headlines are put out there specifically you know, to push their ideology, to push what we're seeing, in my opinion, as division, stoking that racial divide. It's all done intentionally. It's all done on purpose. And the same thing happened today. I mean, they're basically spreading propaganda and division without the facts. They continue to push and stoke their racist racist narrative and that, you know, that the police are all evil and bad and they need to be defunded and removed. And so here are some of the headlines, right? That came out. Ohio police officer shot and killed black teenage girl, black girl shot dead by police in Ohio. Columbus police fatally shoots Micaiah Bryant, 16. Micaiah Bryant's mom, the killings need to stop. When the truth is, This is how the headline should have read. Police officer saves a woman's life during violent knife attack. Right. That's that's my opinion. That's really went what went down. And what what say you, Anthony? I know you got a lot to say on this. Mm. Only in 2021. Can we actually have a story where a police officer is deemed racist and the story deemed racist and it be part of a mass white supremacy uh, a news story when a police officer saved a black person's life. Yeah. It's a simple thought. And I, I don't understand. It's like, <laughs> if it was a white, if it was, if she, it, I can even see it being stressed or like, you know, a little bit misconstrued. If it was a black girl stabbing a white girl and if they want to make it a race thing and he saved the white girl, he saved a black girl's life. And now it's a white supremacist cop. And it's it's just absolutely like I never say other people are wrong and right. But like to think that to think that this has anything to do with white supremacy or a racist cop is just blatantly flat out wrong, 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 wrong. Let's pause for a moment and think about the opposite. Right. What if the cop did nothing? Mm hmm. What if he didn't take the action that he was supposed to take and that girl stabbed the woman in pink and killed her? What would the outrage be then? Right. It would be still going after the police officer saying, oh, look again, he didn't do his job. He let, you know, a, you know, someone kill another person. He just stood there watching like like you can't. It's almost it's a, it's such a catch 22 these days. That, and this is why police officers are, are leaving the force because they're like under such a microscope. I would. I, I don't, I honestly, do, I, I give them any police officers sticking around that are, I, I give them the utmost credit right now because there is, their job has become, has gone from hard to almost impossible. I don't, yeah. I don't know what to do. I know it, what's really discouraging, I think. And like we were just talking about, isn't even 
I mean, obviously these stories are sad. No one wants anybody to lose their life, right? But what's crazier is that even when presented with several angles of this shooting of this event that clearly show, and I watch it and you know what? It's, it is actually horrible even to think, even saying like, I watched it seems crazy. Like I literally watched a video of somebody being killed and that's terrible. It's a, it's a tragedy. And and I wanted to see what actually happened because it is terrible. So, you know, all you have to do is take the time. I'm like no crazy genius and Lord knows I am not tech person at all as evidenced by many of my posts, but I was able to do something so simple and hit the pause button and slow it down and watch it in slow motion and repeat it and rewind it and look at it from different angles. This took me about seven minutes to look at two different angles in slow motion and see how quickly this happened and see that this officer arrived in the scene. The girl ignored him after she assaulted somebody else that she knocked to the ground while he's trying to figure out if this girl is okay. That other girl goes over and goes, you know, pulls her arm back to strike with a lethal weapon. I mean, it's right there. And what this officer had two, three seconds to respond from a distance where he saved somebody's life. Like that's it. And imagine the mental toll on a police officer when they take somebody's life. That's no small thing. So imagine what he is already going through in his head as the adrenaline kind of calms down and he has to now weigh in his mind, I saved one life, I took another. What must that be like for somebody to have to deal with? And now to have to deal with it under public scrutiny with half the country, fucking Joy Behar. Like the bunch of cackling hens on that show. I don't know why anybody watches that stupid fucking show. It gives them information on how to be a outraged liberal that just doesn't that that hates everything and literally i i was sitting back last night thinking about this and i'm like how we aren't taking the cuomos of the world the lemons of the world the views of the world and not realizing that they are the ones that are actually leading to deaths in minority communities because of the continued violence the rioting the and and also affecting businesses how there is zero responsibility on them it's like there's so much blood on the hands of this level of media the ones that are stoking it and i'm not saying fox is innocent like everybody's got their little things but to such an extent to fuel this quote-unquote race war and to fuel this war on police it's so dangerous right now. And it's going to, what it's going to lead to. And and I don't know if you were watching the show we did with SUNY the other night, she had an epiphany in her mind while we were having it. And it makes total sense. Like what is the big plan? Like what's the game? Why are people, why are people trying to get rid of police so much? What's this def- defund the police movement? Why? Like if they really, if they're supporting the black community, what is it? Like, how does it work? And then you realize it's actually quite the opposite. So you look way up at the top. Who's the one pulling the strings? We always have this conversation. Then you look down and how will it actually affect the black community? And she's like, this is almost a version of mass suicide or mass genocide. If you look at it, because what's going to happen is eventually the police are going to start to get pulled. So now you're going to have very little police in these communities. You're going to take the lower income uh, 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 POC communities, and they're going to just say, "Fine, then we're not going to have policing doom stuff." The gangs then will overrun, and the and it will. The gangs are already there's already over I think what seven thousand homicides in the black community per year between white and black and black crime all across the board. So you're going to now take that seven eight thousand per year, and now police aren't going to be in it. So then you're all of a sudden going to increase the amount of homicides, increase the amount of deaths, and that community will get overrun. And then the businesses will be even less value. The homes will be less value. And then eventually 10, 15, 20 years, once the population has gone down in that community because of lack of police and a lack of give a crap, all of a sudden they're going to be able to buy property. They're going to be less there. And it's literally a version of modern day genocide, not the way the liberals are saying it, which is they think that the 14 police deaths a year are the genocide. When in all reality, it's pulling the police could cause that exact same scenario, but actually in real life. Yeah. Look at what happens in Chicago on a week, on a you know weekly basis, every weekend, you know, dozens of people are being shot and killed in these communities. And yet, you know, they want to defund the police. They want less police. Police are leaving. Like I've always said, we need more police in these communities, not not less. 
Right. And let's get to the people. We, we got to talk about LeBron, right? Like how careless and reckless. He is literally pretty much calling for a hit on a police officer. Fucking LeBron James. And then there's the pictures of him surrounded by this like SWAT team for his own personal protection. So he's calling upon the police to serve him and protect him, but he's putting a hit out. That's what I look at it like. He put a hit out on this police officer because there are so many people, and it is clear when if the leftist fucking Pelosi crazy lady and they all follow her, they all do exactly what she says. Trump says, let's march peacefully and patriotically down to fight for our freedom and fight for our rights. He's impeached in the second stupid kangaroo court. from Twitter. Banned from Twitter. He's inciting violence. AOC was scared for her life because of all this stuff, right? Because he says- He was two buildings away. Peacefully and patriotically. Now you have LeBron looking out there saying, you're not, you have Maxine Waters- we need to stay in the streets. And what does she say? Be more forceful or what? Like, what the actual hell are they trying to do? And that to me is where I see it going. Like, why? Why do they have so much power? How did these people get so much power? And not just in the media and in politics, but how did they get so much power in people's hearts and minds? Why are so many Americans that even that I see are good, you know, they're teachers, they're doctors, they're school bus drivers, they're daycare workers, they're people who have compassionate jobs. Still, when it comes to this, they follow what these people say. They listen to this. They are LeBron. Yeah, you're right. They're not even watching the video. They're not even, they don't know what, all they need to hear is what these people, these deities, these Joy Behar cackling shrews. I'd love to get on the view, by the way. I would love to be on the view, but. um, They they would, they would tear you up. They have like, they're, they're all completely incompetent, but they have power in numbers. And they, that's why they like, they bring on some really powerful conservative guests that just get, they get muffled because they have a, they have, they're not intelligent women. I'm not going to, I'm just going to say that, but they are very gifted at destroying their guests because they each know when to chime in. And then the, like, that's why what's her face. Sharon Osbourne's gone. The one time she went against the crew, once right. against the squad, she had to go, but they, they do. When I watch that, I'm like, psychologically, they know how to dismantle their guests because they overwhelm them four on one or five on one. And it's like, it is literally head pecked, like watching it. Like, that's why I like, they just, it's more than it's, but it's more than that too. Like I was listening to someone else the other day, talk about this and look, people are just too lazy to do the research, to dig, to, you know, find out opposing views. They're either too lazy or they're too busy. Right. So most people aren't, digging into the information or watching the video or getting opposing views or listening to someone like who we've had on the show, officer Parker, who broke down the event in Ohio as a police officer, why the officer didn't use a taser, what the protocol is, why he did this, why he did that. Um, And, and so people are just, they're not, yeah, well, they're not getting the information for themselves. So it's easy for them to be manipulated. Cause if you're too lazy, too lazy or too busy, you're going to go to someone that you admire or respect or listen to. And you're just going to take what they say at face value without digging any further. And, and that's going to be, that's for you. That's just going to be the truth and how it is when it's, when it's not. And, and this is the part, the problem with our society. I feel like most people right now, because they're too lazy to, because they're too busy, because they don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to talk about politics or current events. And they just read what the headlines are and accept it that they're, ba- we're, they're basically being manipulated, brainwashed, if you will. And I hate to use those terms because it sounds like a conspiracy, yeah. but, yeah. but it's the truth, right? People need to take a little more responsibility for themselves, not to believe the first headline that pops up on the news or some talk show that comes on that you already know is ideologically leaning this way or that way and accept it as, you know, like the, you know, the word of God, it's just not. And we need to not stand by while people do things like put a hit out on a police officer and Maxine Waters say, now look at Maxine Waters. Honestly, if I was the family of George Floyd grieving this person 
and I saw a politician go out there and hand the defense an appeal, I'd be furious. I'd be furious because even the judge said what she has said opens the door for for an appeal. Yeah, 100%. I did too. Biden did the same thing. I did too. President of the United States calling for this. Meantime, when Trump weighed in and said anything, oh, the president's jumping in. and Like, so why don't people pay attention to this? And I'm actually really curious to know, like, why are people so willing to believe that? When when I look at things, I'm desperately trying to find, like, something to hold on to, something to believe in, and something to, like, I want to be wrong about all these things I'm fearful of or aware of or on high alert of from the Democrats in power and the party. I want to believe differently than that they're trying to destroy America from the inside out. So I go into it like, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, what? No, it is that bad. Actually, it's fucking worse. Right. And so I'm like disenchanted more every time I look, but I look at it. I I will dig into the story to try to debunk my own. You have to, you have to. Yeah. But it's they're they're confirmed instead. And I don't understand why people like what what's going to happen when Chauvin's trial comes up. Verdict is appealed. What is and, gonna and, and it's going to be now it's going to be very difficult to convict him the second time because of the of Maxine Waters, because of Joe Biden, because they know they can essentially the judge can make a call and say it's impossible to have a fair trial at this point. I, I, it's going to be very difficult. And my rule of thumb to what you're talking, go ahead, go ahead. I, I get all the points and I, you know, and I agree with them, but I don't think appeal is going to do anything like, you know, I don't either. Here's, I hope the, thing, here's the thing about this, right? The, the Bryant case, right? The neighbor came out and said, look, the police officer used best judgment. He said, the video doesn't lie. Right. And the same thing with Chauvin and George Floyd. Watch the video. The video doesn't lie. They've been saying when the when they had that trial, the first thing they showed the jury was the actual video. And it doesn't lie. The, you know, Chauvin had his knee on that guy's neck. The guy pleaded multiple times, dozens of times. I can't breathe. And he had his hands in his pockets like he was taking a, a stroll through the park, you know, like the video doesn't lie and the video is not going to lie in the appeal either. That doesn't make what Maxine Waters and Biden did. OK, we didn't come out three days ago and do a live. And, you know, not that we don't have the influence that they do, but we didn't come out and say, hey, you know what? If uh, Chauvin's found innocent, everyone here who's listening to this should go out in the streets and riot. We don't do that because we know it's irresponsible and it's not the right thing to do. And if we can, you know, have that belief, then you know, our the people that we look to, our leaders and influencers and mentors and all those things, politicians, they should have that same, you know, responsibility. But they don't. Right. Well, they do if they're more on the conservative side. <laughs> they do have a different. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't. Point. I don't know that I trust really anyone in those positions of power now completely. Right. I just. I just don't know. I've just become so disenchanted with all of them. But what happens is even and even after Chauvin, right? Like, oh, it's a start, but it's not good enough. Like, what do you want? What do you like, want? What do you want? Oh, and then on the same day, a half hour before the verdict, read a 16-year-old girl is murdered by police officers. Like, come on. Even Don Lemon, Don Lemon basically said, hey, you know what? The, uh, the police officer, I think, did the right thing. Really? Oh, I don't know. That. I'm not going to put say that those were the words that he said, but he didn't like go down the rabbit hole of, you know, why didn't he shoot for the Why didn't he shoot her in the leg? Why, did why he didn't he shoot in the third toe on the first first yeah. metatarsal? Why didn't he just do that yeah. stuff? I think I could have fired in the air. Not, I don't remember the name of that one. The yeah. young girl in pink. I don't remember. I don't have her name. I don't recall what her name was, but she's very grateful. Yeah. Very I saw that yesterday. So I would be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To bar I and I related to like a sister thing, but to Barb's comment real quick about stories and, and the programming and like the way that people are so emotionally connected. My rule of thumb is if a story emotionally makes you feel one way or another, it needs more research. Because mm-hmm. the the headline and even the the mo- the article could be skewed to make you feel a certain way, and often, like you said, it is as bad or worse. And sometimes it is completely nothing. Like certain, a lot of times when they do bills, like what bills are passing through local legislature, like what's happening in Oklahoma right now, which relates directly to 
what we're talking about, about the Maxine Waters and the Trump, you know, Trump getting impeached. They actually had a quote unquote insurrection or what we with the left calls an insurrection. They had this in Oklahoma yesterday in the Oklahoma state capitol because of a bill that they're passing so that police couldn't be doxxed. Oh, my God, that's horrible uh, to protect drivers from getting out of um, uh, from getting out of like the chaos if they're stuck in a situation and they're, if they're stuck in a, in a protest. And also, lastly, uh, making sure that men could not participate in female sports. So they actually got into the Oklahoma Capitol. They actually were in session yelling and chanting in the in their version of the rotunda. And they were escorted nicely outside out of the building after that. That sounds like an insurrection to me. I mean, it's exactly what like what the hell? Hey, Damon, don't worry, we won't tell anyone. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) I honestly, I'm fine with it. I think that's, I think that's the cool part of our democracy. And I think that's the cool part of freedom of speech, just the same as what was going on on January 6th. I felt like what I saw in Oklahoma, I'm like, I disagree with them being mad at the bill, but you know what, if you're going to do it, you are not destroying buildings. You're going to government buildings and you're doing it, but it can't be unfair for one side and fair for the other. That's the issue. It's like, we have an obvious split and with freedom of speech. Yeah, apparently it can. Listen, we could talk about this all day long, but there's two other things that I want to talk about. Well, this yeah. next one, it's a little less sexy. It's not so emotional, but I, you know, like things just sort of like grab at you. I don't really know what it is that dug into me about this particular thing, but it's something that I want to watch and I want to learn more about. Senator Josh Hawley introduced the trust busting for 21st Century Act. And he says, in his words, it's to take control back from big businesses and return it to the American people. And this was, I think, in response to the whole Georgia debacle where all the giant corporations came forward and put their foot in their power and their their words in. There was like a joint statement from over 200 companies denouncing the Georgia voting laws and encouraging people to stand up and make sure everybody can vote freely. And so... What Holly is trying to do, and McConnell jumped in and, and gave his thoughts on it as well, is he's trying to make sure that these giant companies can't continue to gobble up every platform. And he gave some good ex- You can go to uh, Holly's website, you know, holly.senate.gov, whatever, the whole website there. But you can check it out because he's got it all laid out there himself. But he says, you know, for example, Google couldn't purchase Waze and then incorporate it into the maps app right he's just trying to limit how much how much power and how much growth these corporations can have empower the ftc to designate dominant digital firms exercising dominant market power in particular internet markets which will be prohibited from buying out potential competitors and the example he gives to explain this to the average person like me here facebook's dominance and social networking should prevent it from acquiring startups seeking to build new social media platforms he's just saying you know, and then Amazon cannot acquire additional companies in a supply chain. They want to increase antitrust penalties by requiring companies that lose the antitrust suits to forfeit the profits that resulted from that conduct. And it's it's about it's about the pushback that the giant corporations are weighing in. That what do they say that they're trying to? Um, hang on, I'm going to give it how he said it. The joint statement, basically that these companies are trying to take over America and that the Democrats seem to be willing for, for that to happen. Right. And then on the flip side, and this is what I found really interesting. The argument against this is that like by attempting to prop up competitors who aren't big, Senator Hawley leaves American consumers out to dry. And I think this is where I contrasted it because even though they're saying, even though some competitors may not be able to stack up to the bigger guys. Competition is good and some people are going to lose. And that's a good thing because, you know, that keeps everything fair. And I'm like, oh, wow, what? this sounds so interesting, right? Because doesn't that go against the whole philosophy for people? Like, aren't we supposed to prop up the people who aren't working and aren't flat? Like, aren't we, the American people, supposed to then take care of the people who are less competitive than us and doing less achieving less in the world like art so it's to me it's like they're applying one policy to business and another to americans and they're saying this is to the detriment of the american consumer that they're trying to break up like basically saying that it should be kill or be killed in the competitive corporate world but 
then when you put that out to the rest of the world, oh no, it's not kill or be killed. It's everybody suck it up and take care of the people who aren't working or rising to the level. I just think the two philosophies are really in contrast to each other and interesting. And I want to know if anybody knows more about this than I do. Uh, you know, I mean, probably a lot of people who know more about this. Is, it, is this the uh, bust up big tech bill? Uh, I don't know if it's the same thing. It's the, uh, what is it, the, the 21st, you know, the trust, yeah, the trust busting for the 21st century act. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't looked at it until now. I'm kind of looking at it while you were talking about it. It's a, uh, it's interesting. It's actually kind of complicated. Uh, it is complicated, <laughs> but I think something that's worth digging into and learning more about. So I would actually put it out there. If anybody knows more about this or wants to dig into this and have a conversation with us about this, maybe next week or the following week, but, uh, or is there anybody out there in the business world who can break this down and give the pros and cons to it? Because what we saw with the Georgia instance, I think was just the beginning. I think these big woke companies are going to start playing a, a stronger hand in this. It's, it's corporate socialism. It's exactly it's, what it is or corporate communism. If you want to call it, that, that is what happens. Like when these corporations have, get this much power, they control the narrative, they control the content, they control what you see, what you hear, right? And that is basically taking control over we, the people, because they have so much power. And, you know, and that's if, you, if you didn't listen to last week's op-ed, we had Ron Hammond on the show, who's a former CIA uh, officer. officer agent. Uh, he has ops lens. And he talked officer. about how, you know, we're basically in a, a you know, this is a big tech oligarchy, right? This is this is what's forming. And to Barb's point and Josh Holly, like this law is great and all that stuff. But, you know, we already have laws on the books that stop this stuff. Antitrust laws. There's a thing called monopolies. These co companies shouldn't be going out there and, you know, and buying other companies like AT&T shouldn't be able to buy Disney. Like, you know. That's why we had these monopoly laws to begin with, to keep those things from happening. Right, but apparently they're not effective enough. Right, they're not. Well, right. Lo lo lobbyists prevent that from happening. Right. Um, Holly said no one company should be able to control e-commerce and privilege its own products uh, and privilege its own products on the same platform and control the cloud. So it's pretty much just saying like they're finding a way to do everything. I have to be honest. I was a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the way Amazon came to be like Bezos. Bezos took as an entrepreneur, I look at Bezos in the nineties and I'm like, he, he took a beating. People interviewed him and were like, people don't read books anymore. What are you doing with putting book, like just a whole mass where he was creating an infrastructure that he knew, well, he had faith that would become the Amazon of today. So I gave him, I give him credit for that. But now you look at it and he has put him, he's inserted himself to not just become mega rich, but to control everything, like you guys said, because now it's not just Amazon, as, as he just said, he's, he controls part of the cloud, he controls his own shipping, he's found a way to get around UPS, FedEx, and the mail service. And then on top of it, he's now bought stake in the Washington Post. So he controls his own media. Washington Post is tied, of course, to the liberal left media, which therefore will always take the Washington Post stories and play them. It had a huge role. It's interesting, we're bringing up bringing up Amazon and bringing up this topic. I was actually at the dentist the other day and he was talking about uh, my dentist while he was drilling was talking about the control that Bezos now has on the media. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at what's going on in the world. Look at the decisions we made around covid. You had all the mom and pop stores closed. You had the Amazon just blowing up and you look at it and go, what was one of the turning factor turning points in the election? The article in the Washington Post done about if there was anybody that was hanging on to, well, I have to vote for Trump because he's patriotic. Some of them read the article about uh, the the him talking trash about dead soldiers, which is completely unfounded. Yeah. Had no idea. Still to this day, once that article did what it was supposed to do, it disappeared. There was no actual witnesses, no nothing. And if you think about it, that was a that was a turning point of the election. And this is all Bezos to Washington Post, to the election. And it keeps, we're still having a president going, well, we might not be able to hug our loved ones until July 4th. If, yeah, it's all it's propaganda. It is all propaganda. We Three weeks ago, Project Veritas, right? They have that thing with video with CNN. They admitted that they pushed propaganda and one ideology. This is not journalism, people. That You shouldn't be listening to these shows. CNN MSNBC and I'm, and even Fox, right? It's all propaganda one way or another. It just yeah. is. 
And even just look at the headlines. Our first story that we covered today with the shooting in Ohio with Bryant, the headlines that came out were so disingenuous from what the actual truth was. All you need to do is watch the video. Yeah. All right, let's move because we got a couple more things to topic, but let's talk on something that that is an emotional hot button. This is this area is something that I follow fairly closely. And this is we always avoid this, but I'm going to I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there today. Right. And this is it's about abortion. And this is a new law in Tennessee that requires women who receive surgical abortion to bury or cremate the, the fetal remains after that. Right. And so I don't even know. I am pro-life, strongly pro-life. I don't. And still, I'm trying to unpack this and figure out how I feel about it, because they're they're saying that the reason for this is to preserve the dignity of the of the fetus. But I'm like. It's undignified to be dismembered in your mother's womb like that's already there's no restoring dignity to some to an infant that's been sucked apart and cauterized or poisoned and pulled out of the mother's especially when you're playing parenthood and you're doing this to sell yeah and Planned parenthood is actually pissed because uh, obviously Planned parenthood gets pissed about anything that requires them to put out more money or may cause a woman to think i i think actually it's an effort to get the woman to reframe how they're looking at their child and reframe it to looking at a baby instead of fetal tissue and that's that's where I would think that this is more about. I think it's like a backdoor way to get the women to reframe their thinking in an attempt to change their mind about the abortion. But I'm curious to know what you all think. And it passed strongly in the Tennessee legislature. So it's going up to the governor for his signature. I think it's a it's the same as like they tell you when you're about to get shot by somebody, like say somebody's robbing you, you like say your name, like you give yourself you give yourself an identity, which makes it maybe harder to do. So maybe it won't stop people from doing it, but it might make them think about exactly what they're doing. Um, it's kind of like the whole, I don't know if it'll work. It's, it's a lot like Trump's, uh, you know, separating the kids at the border. He tried it for a couple of weeks, tried to see if they, cause there was such a mass influx after Obama uh, deported 11 million people. So you do something that's got shock value to see if this will slow the numbers or stop the numbers. I don't know. I, We'll see if it works. I think it's a, I think it's a little odd myself too. And and when you say surgical abortion, what does that mean? Is that like after a certain point? Um, surgical abortions could be. I think it's even up twelve weeks and beyond. Really, you know, you do. There's the different methods of abortion. You 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 go in the. This include this includes the um, the method where they use suction. They just go in and suck the baby mm-hmm. right through into it. But then it, and then it includes other methods where they actually go in and dismember the baby in the mother's womb. Like, and there's all this. To, yeah, yeah that's a lot. Yeah. Find out about that. They literally carve the baby up in the mother's womb and take it out. And, and then they have to reassemble the pieces to make sure they didn't miss one, you know? So, um, and then the mother. So it's gotta be, so that's gotta be later. It's gotta be more of a later. It's, it's more midterm instead of the, cause I know people take like a pill when it's early on. Right. But. So that's not, that's non-surgical. Okay. That requires a procedure where you go in. And so this includes even the suction procedure. So it's early, anything beyond the pill, really, uh, this is covered in it. And so they're forced. So right now the clinics just flush it down the toilet or dispose of it, which, you know, garbage cans after they reassemble it or they sell the fetal tissue off and make money off of that. Um, so, and this would also, that would also then pro- prohibit Planned Parenthood from making money off of selling the fetal tissue if they have to bury it so that's and Planned Parenthood in some cases would be responsible for covering the costs of that if the mother doesn't so you know it's a it's against Planned Parenthood's bottom line they're in this to make money they don't really give a shit about the women you know and definitely not the babies it's a money-making machine to them so I don't know I'm just curious that's what I see it as and even though I am pro-life I'm still not sure how I feel about this uh, we'll see how it goes i i so i i'm uh i call myself pro slice <laughs> pro life uh i think there's certain times and i i just i i, I try to avoid the topic for the most part 
Um, but I my know, like, all, like oh, yeah, she fucking the same, really the I'm two the same of you, Anthony, like yeah. I don't know, but I'm with you in this in this. Uh, yeah, it's I, I just I try to step back and I look at everybody's life is different, everybody's situation is different. But if you aren't able to make the decision very 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 early, uh, once it gets that's why I was asking the surgical point. Once you get to the surgical point, I just think that you've made your decision at that point, um, and it's too late. Um, but. I don't know. That's a tough one. And I think it's also a little weird to have to bury them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the mother who's going to go get an abortion, like, yeah, she can carve up this baby. I mean, like, she clearly doesn't give a shit about, she doesn't see it as a human. So now you're going to force her to pay for a burial. I don't think that's going to, I don't know. I'd be interesting to see what happens and hear from the women after if going through that process and having to, pay for a burial does that then fill them with remorse or regret do they then see it in hindsight will it change i i i don't know that's a or good will, point that's you know are they are yeah. then are they going to come out and be like oh my gosh wait you know to talk to the other women who are about to do this wait you know when i had to bury it and see it will they then reframe it or will they will they not i i don't know but this is something else that i w- would like to follow and hear from people if you have more experience or insight on it because I just think there's so much going on now and these things get slipped in and it's still a pretty big thing. It's pretty to, big deal. Yeah. Huh? It's a pretty big deal to have that kind of bill in. Right. Yeah, and got very little attention. So yeah, we'll see. It's all, it's, we, we ignore all the local, we, we ignore all the state stuff, the local stuff and yeah. the importance on actually realizing that all, all of these things happen on a local level and 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 really our country is formed on a local level and it's just uh it's a shame that we don't pay attention to this yet we pay attention to the micaiah bryant shootings right i mean it's got no bearing on us except for the fact that it just tears our country apart it's got a bearing because the media makes it have a bearing whereas these local things we need to look at because it could change can change groups we've already seen uh essentially planned parenthood back in the day admitting that by putting their clinics in in african-american communities it was actually causing them to depopulate. It was keeping their populations down, which actually had an effect on uh, uh, parents in the home. It had an effect on the family. It, it had an effect on their population growth and their ability to ha- be a more powerful in society. So not paying attention to these little things are what gets us to the place we are right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I just welcome anyone's comments on that or further information. I'll be kind of paying attention to that too. I, like you said, to your point, I'm tired of just focusing on the three things, the smoke mirrors that we're told to focus on. And then they go away. But meantime, all these other things are passing. And you're like, well, we're, what? You know? <laughs> so I think we got to pay attention to more. Are you ready to move into good news? Yeah. So we always uh, cover a, one or two good news stories to end the show um, every Friday. And since we're on, we've been on the police topic, a lot of us this whole week between Derek Chauvin, George Floyd trial, and then what recently happened, you know, just the other day. This is a good spin on our police. I have to put my glasses on so I can read this for you. But uh, the Chicago Police Department on Sunday partnered with the Illinois Make-A-Wish Foundation to help one seven-year-old become a SWAT officer. Uh, Ibrahim from uh, Fort Worth, or from Worth, Illinois, has a life-threatening heart condition, and his dream was to become a police officer for a day to catch a luxury car thief, according to the uh, CBD's uh, Twitter. Chicago police made Ibrahim an honorary CBD SWAT officer to make his dream come true, the department tweeted. Uh, We have photos on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash American Snippets. You're watching right here, so just scroll down. You could probably see the the images. But uh, honorary SWAT officer Ibrahim immediately got to work to train with fellow officers and take a course Uh, on some of the SWAT training that they go through. He ended his day uh, with him bravely saving the life of a car theft victim and taking two car thieves into custody. Seven-year-old with a heart condition who wants to be a police officer. This is what our police is all about, right? This is what I want to see more of. This is why we need more police. This is why I believe there needs to be some change. More community outreach, helping more kids like this, showing what police officers do to help our society. They are absolutely serving protect and seeing that a seven-year-old wants to grow up to be a police officer and they made his dreams come true. I just think it's heartwarming and I absolutely love it. Yeah. I read that story on your guys. Well, that was pretty killer. Now I did have a fear behind it. Like what if the left sees this and says, see a seven-year-old can do it without violence. Why do we have to, you know, be violent in our, 
kidding. No, it, was, <laughs> it was a, no, it's a great story. And I, and it's it, it, the, the community aspect behind policing is when people say to me, like, what's your solution? What's your solution? It really is actually investing in community programs, community programs to get them to meet police. It sounds silly, but yeah. literally have barbecues, have things, have police officers come out and say, look, we're not trying to be assholes and telling you to comply, but this is why it's important. Look at these videos, have them do scenarios and like, have like the, you know, the number one, everybody knows the dude in the neighborhood and say, you do this and see if you can see what happens. And it would be such a game changer. Instead, we collect all this money and it doesn't go to any programs that actually help. But that is what actually shows the power of what our police department's about and actually helping people. And it's great. Yeah. yeah mentorship, Christy, too. Uh, before we move on, Linda, I tried to reply to you. Facebook is not allowing me to at some point. But yes, I agree with you. And JC, it could be done purposely. Um, that's This is the whole point of it. So yeah, that's that's what we're trying to figure out is if it's done it's clearly it is this is all done intentionally but to what end i guess we'll we'll find out but yes that, so that i just wanted to make sure we reply because that's for whatever reason facebook is not allowing to me to reply right now and our um, our last good story is uh about our we have a, a friend max martini he's an actor in hollywood you've probably seen a, a lot of his movies he was in the, the tv show the unit um unit. unit what was the um the big movie uh a couple of the movies that was in the uh he was in um Sergeant, Sergeant Will Gardner, he came out with his own movie about veterans. He's a big supporter of our veterans. He's in the Captain Phillips movie. Captain Phillips movie, a bunch of movies. I mean, you'll recognize him instantly. But anyway, um, he returned home from L.A. or returned home to L.A. after shooting a new movie called The Tender Bar. With George Clooney. With George Clooney and um, <laughs> a bunch of other uh, awesome actors. But when he got home, he was driving back from L.A.X. back to his home and he saw countless homeless veterans on the streets driving home from the airport. Uh, and he had enough. He's already a big supporter of our veterans um, and does a lot for them. But this was heartbreaking to him. So what we're going to do is we're going to let him share what he did directly. Uh, and we're going to share a video with you so you could watch. And then before we end up, Anthony, I want you to mention the event you have, Operation yep. Take Back America. Yes, sir. Okay, ready? Dave just told me to show how you doing, everybody? It's uh, Martini. So, oh, uh, I didn't choose this music, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, I just got back from uh, shooting the Tinder Bar with George Clooney and Ben Affleck and Ty Sheridan and all these... Uh, amazing actors and uh, I drove in from LAX and uh, was hit with the harsh reminder that you know we uh, are still dealing with the aftermath of uh, of this virus and how it's hit this city uh, LA my neighborhood is a tent city I think I posted some photos uh, not long ago so uh, I'm going to pick up a truckload of freeze-dried meals and I'm taking them to uh, an area in Westwood where uh, in and around the uh, VA where there is a row of uh, homeless veterans heartbreaking and uh, the last time I was there, there were just tents, as far as you could see, with American flags draped over them. And, and uh, I'm going to go see if these guys need something to eat. Hey, this is Bo Gordon, United States Army Combat Veteran, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Saying thanks to everybody for their support, especially uh, those sending us love from places far away and close. I'm a little out of breath. I just unloaded a whole lot of food and pushed the dumpster, but... Thanks for the love. We love you. Love you guys. Love you, brother. Thank you. My name's uh, Jeff, uh, Army Ranger, Panama, Panama Desert Storm veteran. Been out here a uh, couple months. We live hand to mouth, fucking donations. This is a this is a non-violent, uh, peaceful protest. 
from what the VA is done with the land, they're supposed to be for uh, disabled combat veterans. So when we get done with combat, we have a place to go to put our shit back together that got fucked up in combat, obviously. Um, uh, the only way you can be here is to be a disabled combat veteran. Uh, well, so uh, mission accomplished. Uh, I went out, dropped off, uh, God knows how much food. I, it should be enough to, uh, feed, uh, a lot of mouths. Guys, this is, uh, you know, this community of warriors that are dealing with not only their displacement, but their injuries, their emotional injuries, their physical injuries, and on top of that are dealing with this virus, this pandemic, you know, uh, they need our help. So I encourage everyone to uh, lend a hand and uh, get out and show some support, show some love to these people that put their lives on the line for us. It's, uh, it's disgraceful that they're living uh, and surviving these conditions. So I'm trying to lead by example and the purpose for posting this video uh, is exactly that, so that people can see that uh, even though, you know, the virus is covering the front pages right now, uh, we still have people suffering from a lot more. Okay, get involved. Pretty powerful voice. Right? I love his voice. I, now, I knew who, now I know who you were talking about once I saw him. I was like, oh, that guy. <laughs> he's, he's so cool. He's such a nice, like, just a genuinely good person. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, look, before we wrap up, Anthony, talk about talk about yeah. Operation Take Back America. Yeah, so with the uh, Primetime Patriots Q&A uh, group, as well as, of course, um, American Snippets will be there speaking as well. But we are doing Operation Take Back America on May 22nd and 23rd. May 22nd is going to be a full day on the Be the Change page, as well as Primetime Patriots. So you'll see that there. It is a free event. We're going to have Barb speaking at it. Bobby Sauce is, is pretty much confirmed. We've got our whole team from Primetime Patriots. <laughs> I see that people have seen Woody all of a sudden pop up. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so the whole concept is we are going to be giving actionable items on exactly how uh, to take back the country by 2022 and the importance of uh, local local efforts, as well as just giving information and, and essentially a patriotic feel, uh, patriotic feel with, I, I call it patriotic motivation. So that'll be on May 22nd. Uh, more information on that on the Be The Change page. I know snippets will share it. The syndicate people, as well as our Patreons, will get free admission to Sunday. Sunday is where we actually have some Q&A, where we have a more intimate, like if people really want to get more engaged and more questions. So it'll be, a, for the most part, free event as long as you are uh, part of part of Snippets uh, or part of Primetime Patriots. I can't believe I just got stuck with three dogs in a very small room that just happened. And, and We have three people. dogs in here too. Yeah. They're all children. Mm -hmm. Our secretary <laughs> just woke up and he's staring at us like he's drugged out now or something. So there, there is one. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Anthony. There's one little news story that I, I, I want to just give a like teaser for later because I kept talking about this. I keep wondering why Biden is the one thing that he is supporting and thanking Trump for, including Saki is saying this too, is the Space Force. And now last week, there was some information dumps to a couple of the news uh, uh, cycles about some UFOs that are now going to have a full information dump in like July Yep. And and I'm super curious. And I, I said this a couple weeks ago and I'm saying it now. We're about to hear some really weird stuff. I have a gut feeling because there were some UFOs that are, look really sketchy and they have no idea what they are. Anthony, what do you think the vaccine's for? 
<laughs> Maybe. So Who knows? About that is I have my book coming out. It's being launched in July and I got to go up against UFOs. Hey, maybe use it. Use it. Be like pay for space on the UFOs. Yeah, right? I know. So when July comes around, people don't forget what not to wear to a murder trial and other tips tragedy taught me. It's going to need some love just like uh, just like these UFOs. But yeah, it's not going to need some love. It is loving. It's an excellent book. But I got to go up against UFOs. So like, uh, back to back to Max's video, yeah. right? We can all make a big difference. Yeah, uh, we can be more vocal. We can spread our message and our, our core values and our personal beliefs. So don't be silenced. Speak up. You can do more in your local communities. You can give back to veterans. You can order some frozen food like Max did. I mean, he shows you that it's possible. And if we all did a little bit more collectively, you know, we can make a change. We can be the change. Uh, below, you see on the ticker, you know, we started a, a coalition of freedom-loving, patriotic Americans. Uh, we have a lot of value inside of our community. Um, we have a nationwide perks and discounts program. We have trainings from entrepreneurs, from real estate to social media. Uh, it's a networking community. But the thing about it, when you get involved, 30% of all member dues we're giving back through our Great American Syndicate Community Charitable Fund, which is through a 501c3. So 30% is going to every month to charities that support our veterans, our police, our first responders, active duty military and their families, as well as at-risk youth and their families. So this is a way that we can take our community, get them involved in giving back by giving a, a portion of those proceeds back to communities and charities. So we can all make a difference. We can make a bigger difference together. It's the compound effect of all of us joining forces and moving forward. Exactly what Anthony is doing as well at Be The Change and his events and programs. So let's just keep fighting the good fight. And I feel like the positive, I feel like the momentum is changing in the right direction. People are really waking up the new woke, <laughs> not, the mind, not the mindless woke. So um, we're here every uh, Thursday at seven o'clock. We, we stream live Eastern. And then again, on Friday mornings, we do our op-ed show that starts at nine. Anthony's here a lot of times. We have some other guests as well. So keep tuning in. We appreciate you being here today. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure. Thank you, guys. And we will see you again soon. Yes, you want to say goodbye, Barb? Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>